Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, pow pow pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's another episode where we're going to delve into the mailbag and read out some of the fantastic emails that you've all sent in to us to read out and create content for us so that we don't have to think of things to say. Uh, We had, on the last one that we did, there was talk of a frog being captured uh, Mm. by uh, a listener... Uh, he used the Tupperware box, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. And um, I was thinking at the time, I forgot to say it during the episode, but ideal implement for catching a frog would be the Bernard Langer. Because yeah. you could just do that Very at good. floor level. You could sneakily move it up towards the frog and then sweep the fucker in. I, I think you, you've overlooked something there. The biggest risk, the biggest danger when capturing a frog is mm. that you disturb it and it very suddenly leaps. And yeah. you know they're known as fantastic leapers right yeah and that is really scary if a frog mm. jumps up when you're near it just sort of almost jumps up at you all bets are off the cunt could land on your head it could go, jump into your face it's scary right it, you're gonna it, you're it, it gonna automatically you. shriek you're gonna shriek yeah. at you whatever happens and if, the, and if the kids are around them. the kids are gonna lose respect for you if they see yeah. you shrieking ah! over a frog ah, help me children <laughs> You'd be like you'd be like the lady on the Tom and Jerry cartoons jumping up onto the Children, chair in the I kitchen. Children, I have frog slime on me. Ah, yeah. plasm. <laughs> um, so you can't well, risk yeah, I guess that. You're right. So the Bernard Langer, where you brush it and the cunt will jump. So the the good thing about uh, Tupperware box is that you put it over the frog, then it can't jump, and then you do the old thing that some people do with spiders, where you then mm. slide a bit of paper or card. Underneath, underneath the frog yeah and then you've got seal it, it in. and then you release it safely at arm's length so it can't jump up at you that's is that's there, what i reckon is, is there not an advanced version of the bernard langer that's got like a slide door on the top to, to house i bet the there dust? is i bet there, I is. Bet there is if not we should, also we be... should manufacture and sell via red bubble the top flight time yeah. machine patented frog catcher i've got one here then about frogs mm. it's from and he says it's well. He's called it the the frog rake stroke neighbours because you um, fished the frog out with the rake, didn't you? Then then uh, disposed of it off the end of the rake. <laughs> says thanks so much for the pods. They've really helped to keep me sane during all the recent unpleasantness. If you read this out, probably best to keep me anonymous. Oh well, I'll beep your name out then because I've already said it. Um, <laughs> he said Sam. Chucking the dead frog over the posh neighbour's fence has made me want to unburden myself and possibly seek absolution for some of my actions. Mm. He says, some background. We have a cat. More precisely, we have a psychopath killing machine. Oh. Mice, voles, rats, rabbits, birds, even a partridge one Christmas Eve. How fitting. Uh, are all brought into the house with alarming regularity. Disposal never used to be a problem. Our back garden backed onto a narrow lane on the other side of which was a large agricultural field. I used to just get the dead animal, lob it over the fence, problem solved. 
um, a mass grave. How nice. Um, he says, this all changed a couple of years ago when the Duke, I assume is the landowner, the Duke, <laughs> the Duke decided to build houses in the field. I'm going to build some houses in the field. <laughs> oh no, the Duke has decided to build some houses in the field. Now what will I do? <laughs> but why, Duke, you animals? already have several houses. For I oh, wish to look upon them, not live in them. <laughs> I wish to garner further rent to furnish my house with pretty things. <laughs> um, he says, the house opposite to us initially stopped my easy animal disposal route, not wanting to fill the new guy's garden with small corpses. Fair enough. Uh, however, his house and garden are higher than ours, and recently he's lowered his fence and raised the garden about three feet. Oh. Uh, this means that we're both in the garden at the same time. He can look down into ours and all privacy is gone. Ugh, fucking power player. Mm. I think you're entitled to put your own fence up, Simon, on your side, on your side of his fence. Yeah. And it can be to the height of six feet, I think, or seven feet. I've Fuck done him. it. That's what I did with Raggedy. I yeah. did that. I put in my own... She can't, she can't touch her. You yeah, just you don't have a- to fucking obey his fence fucking... No, you you, uh, you put your issues. fence in, like, literally you get it installed, like, an inch from their fence. On your land? Yeah. Yes, yeah, your fucking land, mate. My land, yeah, my rules, that's what I say. Your fucking land logistics for you there, mate. You could even put a gap in between the two fences and dump the fucking animals down there, if you want. That's a bit um, of what we call land parding, which is land parding, <laughs> but about your land rights. <laughs> Hashtag land party. He says, so he's recently lowered his fence and raised the garden about three feet. This means if we're both in the garden at the same time, he can look down at hours. All privacy is gone. So basically, for the last six months, I've been flinging dead animals into his garden. Lovely. <laughs> I've not been spotted yet, but it's just a matter of time. I should stop, but he's the sort of cunt that uses a strimmer at eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. Whoa, massive Whoa. cunt. That's the thing but, about um, the neighbours. It's like the situation I've been in. It's like... If they antagonise you, the risk of responding is that it will only escalate. And if yeah. they're mentally ill, which most of these yeah. crazy neighbours are, then mm. you need to know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not mentally ill, but in my case, I'm I'm pretty sure I've assessed the the, the mental condition yeah. of my adversary, and I think that she is madder than me, and therefore mm. it would definitely be willing to go on for longer and go more yeah. extreme than I am prepared to do. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So then you have yeah. to just look at and be sensible and think, this is, a, uh, this is a battle that can't really have any winners. No. In order to, what was it, in order to kill a lunatic, you've got to become a lunatic, something like that. In order it? to capture a maniac, you, sometimes you need to send a maniac. <laughs> but that means I'd have to hire a maniac. I mean, I do know like yeah. loads of maniacs. I mean, I could send Pancho around there or Paul Danan. Oh, both. <laughs> Send them in fucking tandem. See how she likes Double that. Act. Yeah. God. God. Pan- Paul and Pancho. That would be a we great detective duo for ITV, wouldn't it? Yeah. We could, well, we'll start it on YouTube and then see where yeah. it goes. And then they'll snap it up. Uh, and he says, cheers for letting me get that off my chest. Sorry I, I read your name at the beginning there, but I'll try and remember to bleep it out. Um, Yeah. But the fence thing, fucking don't fucking put up with that. Get your, get your own big fence up, as big as it can be, legally. Neil Pyle's been in touch. He says, uh, fish cake, hot body, how you doing, fellas? That's our fucking business, mate. So John Cosmos <laughs> is at it today. I work in an actual foundry in North Hampshire town. Whoa, well done, Neil. 
It works in foundry. the natural foundry. 50 miles inland, but we have a thriving seagull community, or land gull, as I call them. Anyway, a couple of the big cunts nested against the chimney on the foundry roof and spawned two baby land gulls. One got nabbed by a bird of prey, took away and hidden in its guts. But this morning, whilst listening to Monday's pod, Seagull Blood on the Ottoman... Oh, that was the name of the podcast. (laughs) I was asked to help the foreman because the surviving baby gull had somehow spent the weekend in the foundry and the parents were going fucking mental. Hey, you, Neil, come here. We've got a fucking situation. I need your help. (laughs) Yeah, fucking one of the baby seagulls has got in the foundry and his fucking mum and dad are out there going fucking ballistic. Yeah. And I just want they it are blue sorted. In the face. They're fucking <laughs> livid about it. And I, I, we need to get this sorted out, because if not, it's going to interfere with our foundry work. Okay, so <laughs> we shooed the baby gull out, shoo-shoo, with a broom, and a big bastard daddy gull swooped down and tried to attack us. Whoa! Last time we helped him out, the, the big dumb cunt. Love the pod, lads. Keep it cunty. Neil, 38 and third. <sighs> fucking hell, Neil. You're living a dangerous life there, mate, getting attacked mm. by seagull. There's all sorts going on at this foundry, isn't there? Birds it of prey. Me of, yeah. It reminds me a bit of the childhood incident when we had a bird's nest in the tree in the garden and um, there was about four or five eggs in it and I was occasionally having a little peep into the nest, observing nature. Obviously mm. from afar, didn't want to tamper with it because you don't do that, otherwise the fucking the dad will attack you in the fucking top of the head. Um, so I kept looking and then the eggs hatched and there was all these little chicks and the, the mother and the father were bringing them worms and looking after them and all this kind of oh. thing. And I would occasionally look in from afar and uh, the chicks were getting older and older and you see them developing into proper little baby birds. And then one day I looked in and I looked in a little bit closer than usual and that was the time when they decided they were all going to take flight and wah, they all fucking flew out right into my face. Fucking hell, An entire really? nest full of little birds. Yeah, fuckers. Oh, Terrifying. That, I have... I, I can't remember if I've told you this. I must have done, but I have... There's a couple of recurring dreams I have. Um, <laughs> I think I've... I, I think I've... I mean, I dream chat's banned, but this is not specifics. But the two main recurring dream themes... One is doing a shit in public, which I've told huh? you about. I investigated it, and it turns out that I have mm. a huge amount of inner shame. That's where that comes from. <laughs> Yeah, because I I sought the advice <laughs> of, a, dr- of a dream a dream catcher or a dream analyst yeah. or something, and they said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> shitting in public, classic. You're ashamed of yourself." Next one, and I said, oh. quid. "Okay, very well. My next one is being attacked <laughs> by a bird." What, like a Yeah, you're a ashamed of yourself. No, an actual quid. winged bird. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have really I have nightmares a lot about. Um, Birds like swooping down and getting tangled up, not in my hair, obviously, mm. but just like tangled up in me and I can't get them off me and their wings are going fucking bananas. And fucking I saw a, a YouTube clip of it happening of a, last week. There was a YouTube clip. I think it was on, I think it was on um, Lad Bible and I saw it on Instagram or something. And it was a, a two mm. girls on like a roller coaster and as they were going up real fast, a fucking seagull flew the other way right into one of their faces. But like full Jesus. full speed, high velocity, bang! Shit, yeah. Not so it's really, that really shook me up. I can't believe it I actually one, happened to I, you I, in I, real I, life, I, mate. I, I know Dream Chat's banned, but I had one last night where I dreamt I was I was doing some radio broadcasting, mm. um, 
in I think were it was you doing the shit while you were doing it. No, no. Ah. I, but I, I, I left the studio temporarily because I could smell smoke and burning. <laughs> so I walked out onto the onto the road, and as I did, I saw that the adjoining building was ablaze, and yeah. then the building that I'd been in, where I was doing the broadcasting in the studio, that fucking just blew up, and I got thrown Fuck. through the air, and the car that I had parked outside disappeared. It got blown wow. up so much, it disappeared. It was, you couldn't even so find there. tiny particles of it. No, nothing. Just gone. Oh, but fucking I hell. Right. How am I supposed to get home now? <laughs> I'd ask the coppers to give us a lift. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that means. But there you go. That's my dream for you. Yeah, I, I have dreams set in radio studios a lot. But in my ones, I always end up being somehow like not broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Like so, something right. means I can't speak, or I'm locked out, <laughs> or I've, or I just get tired and forget that I'm supposed to be talking. And so there's just been like an hour of dead time, and then I'm going to the producer. <laughs> Fuck! Did anyone notice? And the producer's just appeased me, going, "No, it's fine. I don't think anyone would have noticed." And I go, "How, how long was I on of air for? How long was it?" So they go, "About an hour, but it's fine. Don't worry. I don't think the bosses are listening." <laughs> and that's an easy one to analyse. That is uh, a man who talks a lot. Having a nightmare about not being able to talk. That I mean, that's I, I, I didn't even need to pay for anyone to analyse that yeah. for me. <laughs> it's all about inner shame again. Yeah, again, um, it, all, it all comes back to that. We've got uh, we've got a celebrity contributor here. I don't oh, know if we're supposed to it, sa- yeah. sound sound a, 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 a noise. Maybe that. Uh, and it's it's our our friend and uh, football commentator, sports commentator, Nigel Adley. Yeah. Uh, he says, hi, Sam and Andy. I just caught up with History Box and it reminded me of an incident when I was covering England on the Gulf of Finland at the Russia World Cup. Uh, the team were based in Rapino, uh, an hour from St. Petersburg. A colleague took his bike and headed out on the road into the densest part of the forest, which was close to our hotel. After a long ride, he turned to come back and he saw the road ahead blocked by wolves. Whoa. Uh, uh, uh. Fucking hell. Uh, they'd lined up blocking both lanes and then slowly advanced towards him. Oh, he was lucky. A car travelling at high speed suddenly came past him and the wolves scattered. He set off, but they returned and chased him for around five miles before giving up. He said his A GPS had said this average... Chase. Five mile wolf chase. That's the, that's the episode's title. There it is. It's five mile wolf chase. That's going to get the listeners in. Thanks, Nigel. Um, that his, sounds his GPS, like an album that's been nominated for the Mercury Prize. <laughs> his GPS said that his average speed was over 30 miles an hour across five miles. Uh, he got back to the hotel in some distress and nearly collapsed in the hotel lobby. The staff came to assist him and told them what happened. You were lucky, the receptionist told him. At least it wasn't the bears. Fuck. <laughs> And apparently being chased by a bear happens quite a lot in that region. But this wasn't something we were told in advance. And he says nobody else went into the forest after that. <laughs> if you had to fight a wolf or a bear, you probably would take the wolf, wouldn't you? Fucking hell, God, I couldn't decide. The only I'd thing that, man when I think of fighting a bear or a wolf, what I think about is, is that although I think bears are, are ultimately stronger and more dangerous... If it stood up, if it reared up on me on its hind legs, then I'd feel yeah. like I know what I'm doing. I think, right, it's like fighting a man, right? So yeah. 
I'd, I'd adopt my my boxing stance, yeah, and I'd know. I, I think right, I can fight it using right. It's got a bigger reach and it's more powerful than me, but yeah. I can outbox it. That's what I think. First of all, because of footwork, etc. Yeah. Because of um, Queensbury rules. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've got combinations up my sleeve. I've got lots of combinations <laughs> that now just come to me instinctively. Body punches. And then a, be- a bear doesn't cuts. have any combos. A bear just fights wild. I, I could out-fucking-smart the cunt. But the mm. second thing is, if it rears up, I could do my fucking classic, which is just kick it in the fucking nuts and then do yeah. a runner. Yeah. Neither of those things are possible. With a, with a wolf, maybe less powerful than a bear... But a wolf, I'm thinking, mm. how do I logistically approach this fight? I don't know how to. You know, you can't kick a wolf in mm. the nuts very easily unless you come w- up behind it. Wolves are unpredictable. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Jalapeño. Did you see that fella in the news in America last week who'd been uh, attacked and harassed by a grizzly bear for a week? It kept <laughs> yeah, coming back. Kept coming back to his camp. He hadn't uh, slept for years. Again. What? Why did he not fucking fuck off when the bear wasn't there? You, you again. I mean? This has been going on for a fucking week. <laughs> First couple of times, I thought, fair enough. He's a bear, and I'm on his patch. I understand. But we fucking had this back and forth. Why don't you just fuck off? Leave me alone. I'm on my holidays. For fuck's <laughs> sake, I've come here to relax. Every day you fucking come here and fucking bully me. It said the man had almost run out of ammunition for his gun and the door of the shack where he was staying had been ripped off. Uh, at some point, the bear had dragged him down to the river. He said the bear kept coming back every night and he hadn't slept in a few days. The pilots found the man, the pilots who discovered him found the man stumbling out of the shack waving a white flag. Hmm, I don't know. There's a lot of questions about this, I think. He had a gun, but he hasn't used it on the bear. I mean, that's probably your first thing, wouldn't it? Shoot the fucker. I suppose, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe run thought, away. I don't know if I should kill it or really badly injure it, if I can just escape oh, without it's, any it's blood It's survival, isn't it? It's survival. Mm. There's no time to be a hippie when you've been attacked be by a killed. bear for a week. Kill exactly. Be, kill, hey, mate, my advice, kill it, then eat it. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> by yeah, eating it, you will send a message out to the other bears that you're not to be trifled with. But it's like wasps in it would probably send out a signal to the other bears and they'd all come and help and kill him. But I don't know. I saw that story and I thought, man, I've got a lot of questions about this. But well, the truth will come out. It always does. Um, so that's Nigel Adderley's Thanks contribution. Thanks for that, Nigel. 
Neil yeah. Richards says, Bonjour, dickheads. Couple of bits of content for you. Local character in Bridgewater, Somerset, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, called... He's given his full name. I don't feel like I should say it, because I'm right. assuming this email might be derogatory. So I'll just call him Jeff. He used to jog around town pretending to be a car, complete with gear changes, horn, <laughs> and even winding down the window when it was hot. Uh, there was a kid like that in my class at school called Richard, and he spent when he first turned up in the first year, he, uh, or year seven as they now call it, he was uh, always going around. He's obsessed because he going changing into gear and all oh, that stuff. Oh, right? bless him! And I thought I remember thinking, bit weird, but he'll grow out of it. And like then we were in the fifth year, aka year eleven, yeah, and the cunt's still at it. I mean, oh. for all I know, he's still at it to this day. But what can Maybe I say? He, he loved cars, so he, he wanted to be one. So yeah. everyone's got something, haven't they? Um, <clears throat> on a lucky day, you could see him either filling up with petrol, brackets, putting the fuel nozzle in his pocket, but luckily without getting any actual petrol out, or <laughs> queuing in the McDonald's drive through Fucking <laughs> hell. His brother, <laughs> Jeff... His, his, brother, his brother, Jeff... He's, he's, what his brother's got the same name as him used to throw himself in the local river but always in front of the fire station so he was ever be forever being dragged out by the disgruntled firemen fucking hell help, interestingly he's interestingly neither of them are actually called jeff fuck knows where that name came from eventually one of them ended up getting his nuts sorted and became a trolley collector down the asda the other one ended up in nick Oh, lovely story. Also, a few weeks back, I, <laughs> I had a blue tit in my garage. Don't know how or when he got in. He was just there when I went in. He didn't do much other than have a right old pipe about, then fucked off out the big door that I had just opened. I guess it's reopening old content fodder or unexpected tits. <laughs> All right, cheers. Good. Got very aware of the podcast and its uh, its aims there. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, another local character here. Um, this is from Craig, who is thirty nine and ten twelfths. <laughs> Good. He's given us his full age. Uh, I like that. Craig says, "Hi Sam and Andy. Locally, we have a character known as Bucket Boy. He rides an old mountain bike, wears a high vis jacket, and carries a bucket. He knocks on your door and tells you he is saving for his holidays in Blackpool in August." Uh, in a very forlorn voice, he asks if he can wash your car for cash, which is fine. Very entrepreneurial, you might think. Well, yeah. Except the last thing Bucket Boy wants to do is wash your car. If you do offer to fill his bucket and ask him how much your wash is, I'm told he gets a bit shirty and starts reeling off excuses why he can't do it. Sponge is dirty, hasn't got the time as he has an appointment, the car's too big or it looks like rain, etc, etc. So he knocks on your door asking to wash your car. But then if you say, yeah, he gives you loads of excuses why he can't do it. It's his bucket boy just just, just wants some sympathy cash. Mate, that's and most people of... I ever fucking hire in my, in my like, life or career. Yeah. That's fucking life. Especially if it's any cunt under the age of fucking 40. People who don't want to do the job they've been they asked offer to do. You, they go, yeah. have you got any work? I, I need some work. I'd like to do some work for you. And you go, yeah, actually, I do. And then you go, all right, this is what it is. And then all you get out there go, right, yeah, sorry, I'm a bit busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, why did you ask me for that? I'm really sorry. I've just been like, actually, I, I think you're being a little bit pushy, Sam, um, because actually this is starting to stress me out now. It's like, don't ask for the fucking work. Yeah. 
That thing where someone on Twitter was complaining that you, you don't always get the holidays you put in for at work. Yeah. And it's tantamount to slavery. No, it's, no, that's, it's not. That's it's just jobs. fucking work, mate. Listen, I can't wait for a fucking time in which we all get universal minimum income from the government. Yeah. And we can just rest all day. But at the moment, like, I don't know, maybe people... I mean, I try to say to my kids, kids, just so you know, right, this situation where you're living with us and we just buy you your food and do all the shit for you and you just get mm. to ba- basically do leisure pursuits or what have you, you that about. only lasts for a short amount of time. You will at some point have to work almost certainly for a bunch of cunts, right, in return yeah. for the money you require to buy the things that you want and need. And that's just the fucking best way so far that the human race has discovered to organise itself. It is by no means perfect, but it's probably a <laughs> bit better than fucking feudal, t- feudal times, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and hopefully we will fucking work towards something better before you guys are dead. But for the time being, the, we are all... the work, earth burns we, up and disappears. Yeah, we are living under the fucking yoke of capitalism, right? And you can complain about it as much as you want, but none of us are in fucking slave camps or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm. like living in Stalinist Russia, right? Or it's not like living, you know, in Sheriff of Nottingham times, where he just yeah. fucking went round getting getting his henchmen to collect taxes from the peasants and all of that shit. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you just have to fucking turn up and, and do the work and then you get paid and they tell you when you can and can't go on holiday. It's just the way things are, man. I mean, the, the next step might be that we all live and work in environments that are similar to the self-policing pub in Luton. Do you know I what I mean? I fucking hope so, yeah. In which you have more freedom. But at the minute, not everyone can do that. So we just got to crack on with it. Not everyone can do podcasts in their bedroom five days a week and somehow know, but, scratch you know, a living from it. We paid our dues. <laughs> oh, yeah. You are price of me on the old CD-ROMs, like mate. Oh, my fucking <laughs> CD-ROMs. I put the hard yards in. I worked a year for that CD-ROM company. Actually, I think it was a bit less Six than months. a year. But the point <laughs> remains. <laughs> and then they ran out of money. I didn't get paid for the last three months. Yeah. Um bit more about Bucket Boy. Bucket Boy just wants some sympathy cash and the amount has slowly increased over the years, presumably with inflation. It used to be a few quid and then a fiver and so on and so on. Bucket Boy has been doing this since at least the early 90s and possibly earlier. It would be more accurate to call him Bucket Man these days and despite this, his story has never changed. He slowly covers the local area going door to door and once he is finished, he starts again, except presumably in August during his holidays. Uh, there was a Facebook group dedicated to him for a while, but it seems to have gone now. And uh, Craig, uh, aged 39 and 10 twelfths, has attached a picture that he could find. Uh, and he says he also goes by the name of Sheepy. No idea where he got that nickname from. So that's Bucket Boy. That reminds me of a fella I had, uh, had a couple of drinks with in a pub in Sunderland once. A really old fella with a kind of rubbery face. And he, he went by the name of Gordon Bucket because he used to carry a bucket around with him. Yeah. Um, slightly eccentric type. And we were sitting in the pub and Gordon Bucket was in one day and we were having a chat with him. And Gordon Bucket told us that he'd been doing some male modelling, which yeah. seemed unlikely because he'd looked as far away from a male model as he could possibly get. And he was doing it for the designer. in Bucket Monthly. Yeah. There's a designer, I think it was called Nigel Caborn. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was Nigel Caborn. And Gordon Booker told us this story about he'd been spotted and done some modelling for Nigel Caborn, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then 
week after he came in the pub again with a copy of fucking GQ or Esquire or something like that. Yeah. Fucking sure enough, there he was. Fuck. In the pages. Not with his bucket, but all dressed up in the Nigel Caborn finery. Fucking go on, bucket. He, he looked so quirky that it was, you know, the kind of yeah, thing you, that you was... you get that. Sometimes people yeah. do get spotted for their quirky looks and designers yeah. want that. They, You know, they don't, they're creative. They don't want the classic chiselled look. That's it. And we, of course, we were like, fuck off, that fucking Gordon. But then he turned up and fucking showed us the proof. Yeah, so fucking Gordon Bucket. Good luck yeah, to him. Gordon I bet Bucket hopefully he earned laugh. a few quid out of that as well. Yeah. That's, that's that one, a bit then. of a sad story, but it does tap into a subject that has come up recently. Um, yeah. Actually, it's not that sad. It's not. I think the person sounds perfectly happy. It's just got a sad element to it. All right, guys. First of all, as a listener since your first episode, and an I, proud IFS member, like yourselves, I can't remember fuck all from most of the pods. Probably <laughs> for the best, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Like Sam, I am too lazy watching films and box sets. Like Sam, I too am lazy watching films and box sets. For example, while looking at my Sopranos and The Wire collections on DVD, I went on iTunes and bought both again because then I can watch them on my tablet and not have to pause it when I go outside for a smoke. Also, like Sam, I have a very addictive personality. Mate, you're speaking my fucking language. What I like about that is what actually made him buy those things was the sight of them sitting on his fucking shelf in his room. Oh, look, I own that. Ah, that reminds me, I should buy that again. However, unlike Sam, since my wife passed away eight years ago, that's the sad bit, I have no appropriate adult to supervise my behaviour. And although I'm 58 years old, I mostly behave like a 20-year-old rock star who's been given a massive advance on his first record deal. And my rig... (laughs) My rig is full of pissed purchases made around midnight on various internet sites. Uh, oh yeah, I know. I know all about that. Every yeah. Wednesday or Thursday, there'll be some vinyl or some CDs will turn up at my house. I forgot or a I ordered Bionic Man toy. <laughs> yeah. If my wife was still alive, I would now be <clears throat> castrated, if not worse. Anyway, you only live once, right? Mm. Quite right, Neil. It can't have been yeah. easy losing your wife, and um, yeah. you know, and now you're living your best life. And I, and I would say that she might have supervised you uh, more strictly. But now she might be looking down you and thinking, "Fuck it, I want him to be happy." And, he's doing all right, yeah. You know, if he's buying himself Sopranos on his iPad so he can watch it when he goes out for a fag. And I tell you what else I'm impressed by Neil is that the fact that you don't have um, an appropriate adult living in your house and yet you still go to the effort of going outside for a fag. That yes. tells me that you have not lost the plot completely. Because I often yeah. think if I didn't have like someone overseeing me. I wouldn't be... I mean, I don't smoke anyway, but I would certainly let mates smoke in the house. because Standards you think, would slip. Yeah, standards would slip. So you're still keeping your standards up. You just bought The Wire and The Sopranos because you can't be asked putting on DVD. Fine, mate. It's 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 all part of the grieving process. It and is. That's exactly best, right. best of luck to you, mate. Yeah. Um, that's that's it from this one. We'll have um, we'll drop in some more emails throughout the regular episodes as they come in. Keep them coming. Um, I can't think of all the topics off the top of my head, but you know, you've we got frogs. We got a new one actually, which is which we mentioned on another podcast, which is have you ever eaten an entire cake to yourself in one setting? Um, I've mentioned before a couple of times my mum's friend when I was growing up, Peggy, who's like Mm. super mad. Um, 
Now, what yeah. was funny was, I think I told a story about Peggy sending an envelope full of dead wasps anonymously you to did. her sister. You did, I remember that, yeah. What's really mad is, is that Peggy, my mum and Peggy aren't as in constant contact as they were when I was a kid. I think, you know, they stay in mm. sporadic contact. Peggy got in contact with my mum and said, oh, I heard what Sam said on the podcast. Ha <laughs> ha, it was really what? funny. I don't know why I did or something. And I'm like, how the fuck did Peggy know about this podcast? And he's listening to it. If you're listening, Peggy, I'm flattered. Thanks a lot. And hopefully, no offence about things I said. You know, obviously, I love you. But let's be honest, you did some fucking mad shit. You fucked shit up and were crazy when we were kids. Um, And one of the things that that Peggy did, right, which I may or may not have mentioned, because I was thinking about this because our new topic is, have you ever eaten a whole cake? is that it was my brother's birthday. He had people coming round after school, right? And my mum had got everything ready, put a tea out, including a big birthday cake, right? And Peggy had helped her. And then my mum said, right, I'm going to go and pick up... It was Cass, I think. I have to go and pick up Cass and his mates from school now and bring them back from the party. You might as well stay here. I'll be back in half an hour. My mum goes out, picks up my brother and his mates from school, brings them back. They're all really excited. They get into the house, right? Peggy is gone, and the whole cake has been eaten. She didn't take the cake with her. She left the remains. So you could clearly see <laughs> that as soon as she went, oh, yeah, I'll see you in a minute. As soon as my mum's left out the door, she thought to herself, fuck that, I'm eating that. I love that. She was an adult. She was a mother herself. She ate my brother's oh, whole birthday God. cake and then just ran away. Oh, I really want some cake now. Fucking hell. <laughs> so, yeah, have you ever eaten a cake all by yourself? Um, Neil's laziness, extreme laziness, that's a good topic. Uh, mm. Animals in your house, running away, uh, the dangers of abroad, that sort of thing. Stray men, bullshitters, all hiding. the classics, hiding. Hiding as an adult. Hiding as an adult, yeah. Keep dad's on roofs, and also uh, for the summer, dad's on beaches. Because that's dad's beaches. bringing yeah. weird things onto the beach. I saw dad with a with a drill on a beach. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. what's the weirdest yeah. shit over summer that you've seen a dad bring down yeah. to the beach? Keep them coming in because it's your content that will eventually keep this podcast going for years to come. And uh, your money. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs> and your money, obviously. Uh, join the IFS. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.